This is Steve McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo. And today I want to talk about four keys to walking in the mantles of your forefathers. Or four places you've got to go to or four experiences you've got to have. And it comes from 2 Kings 2.16 and it's connected to Elijah and Elisha. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elisha said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. So there's four places or experiences that you've got to go through. Things that you've got to experience, I believe, before we walk in the fullness, the full stature of Christ, or the anointing, or the the mantles that our forefathers walked in, whatever language we want to use. And it's connected to these four places that Elijah went to and took Elisha. And notice that every stage of the way, Elijah was almost discouraging Elisha from going on. He was almost rejecting him. And one of the things you've got to overcome when you're walking towards the fullness is rejection. Is the fact that maybe those who you think have got authority over you, maybe you feel mistreated or whatever. But it's a test. God allows these things. I'm not talking about um, coverings, um, spiritual abuse and all of that. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. But what I'm talking about is you will be hurt. You will feel rejected. You will feel overlooked. But all the time, Elisha's attitude was, I don't care where you're going, Elijah. I'm going to go. So the first place was Gilgal. What does Gilgal represent? Gilgal represents separation and circumcision of the heart. It's that place where God deals with the depths of your being. He deals with the depths of your heart. He's dealing with self. He's dealing with not just sin, but the sinful nature. It's that place where it's difficult, where it's almost like you go through difficult circumstances. And I I believe most Christians misunderstand this place called Gilgal. Because it's at this place, mostly we think it's the devil. We think it's spiritual warfare. We think it's witchcraft. It's against us or something like that. And I'm not saying those things don't happen, but actually God allows it. The sovereignty of God, he allows us to go through hell. He allowed Joseph to go through the pit before he went to the palace. He allowed the the apostles to be in prison, to be whipped, to be um, mistreated, to be abused, to be rejected. I mean, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about all the people who were sawn in half and they were wandering in the desert, they were in prison, they were murdered they were martyred and i'm not saying we'll be murdered or martyred but you will be mistreated but if you would only realize the purpose is he wants all of our heart and we must go through gilgal we must go through that place of the circumcision of the heart and yeah we get a new heart when we're born again but we've got to be renewed the spirit of our mind our soul has got to be renewed that part of us that's not fully redeemed yet has got to be 
killed, if you like. We've got to be crucified. Yeah, we can quote scriptures like I'm crucified with Christ. And and it's true theologically and theoretically, but at the same time, we've got to learn to live in it. We've got to appropriate the promise. We've got to appropriate the truth and begin to learn to walk in the fullness, to learn to walk in that place of going through the valley of the shadow of death, going through that place of suffering, going through that place of death. Why? So that you may live in resurrection life. It goes through the cross. It doesn't remain there. Yeah, you die, but then you live. So the first place we've got to go through to walk, if you like, in that which Elijah walked in and greater, is Gilgal. And the second place he took him to was Bethel. Elijah took Elijah to Bethel. And again, remember, at each place, you'll probably go through that place of rejection, feeling rejected. Because Elijah kept telling Elisha, you don't bother coming, Elisha. You just stay where you are. And Elisha had to overcome that. He had to say, no way. I am not going to give up my scroll. I'm not going to give up my destiny. There's no way I'm backing off. I'm going to keep going forward. Even if you reject me, I'm going because I'm going to receive something. And so he went to Bethel. So what does Bethel represent? Bethel is the place where Jacob wrestled with an angel. And then he saw the stairway. And I know that there's different levels of this. You could talk about your DNA and all that. But I want to just talk about it, the level of just encountering God. Because he encountered something. He encountered the stairway. He encountered the angelic realm, he encountered the gateway into the other realms, into the heavenly realms. And it was there he said, this is the house of God, and I didn't even know it. If we're going to be used by God, if we're going to be walking the anointing and the, the mantle of our forefathers, we have got to have our own Bethel. We've got to meet God face to face. And I always love the story of Evan Roberts where he was so hungry for God and I read it quite a lot, but I'll read it again. For a long time, I was much troubled in my soul and my heart by thinking over the failure of Christianity. But that night after I had been in great distress praying about this, I went to sleep. And at 1am in the morning, suddenly I was wakened up and found myself with unspeakable joy and awe in the very presence of the Almighty God. And for the space of four hours, I was privileged to speak face to face with him as a man speaks face to face with a friend. At 5am it seemed to me as if I again returned to earth and it was that morning, it was not only that morning but every morning for three or four months. Evan Roberts had his personal Bethel experience, he encountered God and John G. Lake, we all, we all love talking about John G. Lake and how he could put the, the bubonic plague in his hand and watch through a microscope as it died. But John G. Lake at a time where he had his own Bethel, he sought God for nine months and then he was engulfed in a cloud and it said his very nature was changed. His very nature was changed and he said he became a Christ man. It wasn't just an encounter. We have loads of encounters and we're, we're, it's almost like we're doing a tour of heaven and we're, we're, we're doing all these crazy mystical things. But has it changed your nature? Has it caused you to become like a Christ man? Like truly transformed, truly changed? Then the bubonic plague dies in your hand or a whole nation like Wales is set on fire. 
Like we need our own Bethel, just like Elisha had to go through Bethel with Elijah. We need to experience our Bethel. And the third place we've got to go through, if we want to walk with God like our forefathers, is Jericho. And Jericho really just represents walking by faith and obedience to the blueprint, to your scroll. In other words, when God speaks, you do it. It's heavenly, not earthly wisdom. And it's actually being obedient, even though we don't know why. We don't need to know why God tells us to do something. Like Joshua had to walk round Jericho like seven times, and then on the seventh day, seven seven times, or whatever it was, I don't even remember. But logically, you would think, why do I need to do that? That doesn't make sense to my logical mind. He had to be obedient, even though he did not understand. God is above our understanding. If we're going to walk in the, the power of God, if we're going to walk in his authority, we've got to walk in mystery. We've got to walk in times of obedience and just basically do what he says, even though we don't understand. To be anointed, you need to walk in blind faith and obey what God is telling you to do, even though you don't know why. Joshua had no clue why he was to march, march round seven times. No clue. I went to the Hebrides once because God told me to go and I had no clue why. I, I, I had a dream, other people had encounters, people had audible voices. And it was there only when I went, God began to reveal. They began to teach me about the fear of God, the conviction of sin. They began to teach me about the things that are missing in our Christianity. Like what we need again in our day. But I would not have learned any of that if I didn't just go. Even though I didn't know why. I didn't have a clue. But you've got to go. So if God's speaking to you to do something, your Jericho is just to go. Even though you don't understand. You see, we want to understand first, but that's not faith. Abraham went looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Did he know where that city was? Probably not. He didn't have a clue, but he went. He went searching, he went looking. We've got to go. God might be speaking to you to go. If you're going to walk in the power of God, you've got to walk in obedience. You have got to walk in obedience. And in the fourth place that Elijah was going was Jordan. What does Jordan represent? Well, Jordan's where they get baptised. Let me read Matthew 13. Sorry, Matthew 3 verse 13. To 17, but before I do, I just want to say this. We need to descend into death before we ascend into resurrection life. Circumcision of the heart. Gilgal is like death. Jordan is like the resurrection. It's death and resurrection. So we need to walk in the reality of that. So then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do not you come to me. So Jordan was the place of baptism. It's the place of death and resurrection. It's the place where we descend into that place of dying to self, the crucified life, where we are, yeah, we're completely yielded and surrendered. Like Catherine Kuhlman, who says, I could take you to the place where Catherine died. But it does not stay there. It does not remain just in that place of darkness of soul, that place of the, 
of the death of ourself. But it moves into something even deeper, even greater, where we're suddenly that seed that's been sown into the ground, our own life, your own life, is suddenly resurrected into a greater dimension, a greater level of blessing into the fullness of Christ. But it can only happen as we walk through those waters, as we walk through those different places of Gilgal, of circumcision, into that place of resurrection life. And Paul said, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not in the future, but now. Paul was saying, I want to know Christ now. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. We need to go through Gilgal. You need to go through the pain. You need to go through the suffering. You need to encounter God at Bethel. You need to be obedient at Jericho. But then you need to go through the waters of baptism. You need to go through that place where you're not only dead to self, but you're resurrected into newness of life, into the fullness of Christ, and into the life that's beyond just been born again it's beyond it's been filled continually it's it's a place of union it's a place of walking and resurrection fullness of christ and this place is available for all of us and i encourage you to keep going i encourage you of god speaking to you about anything to do something be obedient just do it like let's just live a a radical life of obedience just like our fathers of old like elijah they were radically obedient. They were not perfect, and we're not perfect, but they were obedient. They would obey, they would go. And I just encourage you to go, be obedient, to allow God to help us, enable us to die to self, so that we might live and walk in the full stature of Christ. I mean, this is Stephen McKee, and this is Wisdom's Echo.